We're getting closer and closer to the Culture Proof Conference 2024, and we could not be more excited. Yes, it's a great time for the whole family, a great time of ministry, mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, grandparents, <laughs> everybody, the kids. We have uh, something for them as well. Of course, we have the Culture Proof Kids, Culture Proof Teens. It's going to be led by Maria Hamilton, the third, the third. <laughs> and also Mark and Amy Warren. And so, That's right. man, the kids are going to be equipped, and you can have some great discussions discussion and conversation with them as you head back home. We are so excited. This year's conference is hosted by Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. When registration opens, you will be among the first to know. If you go to cultureproof.net, make sure you join our email list because we are going to blast out open registration to that list first. So go to cultureproof.net. Make sure that you stay connected. We're super excited about our guests who are all joining to talk about one thing, Mm. resistance the cultural trends that rival the truth. We're going to be talking about the ways that we can remain culture-proof from Mm -hmm. scientific apologetics, biblical apologetics, cultural apologetics. How do we live in this world as faithful followers of Christ? We're going to target every age group, so make sure you show up and bring your entire family. Yes, we're going to have a great lineup of speakers, which you'll be able to view their bios on the website, cultureproof.net. Once you go on, Abraham Hamilton III, Miki Addison, we're going to have Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Kathy Cook, and others. It's going Dr. To be great. Renton Rathbun, Dr. Lee Brand. We are super excited. Dr. Turin Dames. Mm-hmm. I feel like by next conference, I'm going to also have my doctorate just because <laughs> it kind of flows. Anyway, hey. we're super excited about what the Lord is doing, and we want you to join us. The Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th through the 20th at Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. Stay connected because more information about that is rolling out just around the corner. You're going to find that at cultureproof.net, cultureproof.net. Make sure you join the email list. We can't wait. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. All right, it is time for the first Culture Proof Live yeah, of 2024. Of the year. I feel right. like I can't hear myself very well. well I turned it down oh, because of, yes. Yeah. Okay, there that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, and, and look, here's the thing. We were debating and kind of going back and forth on how we wanted to do the lives going forward. And we're not really sure still, actually. So maybe some people have some thoughts about that. Yeah. Uh, we were doing them weekly, and, and that's great. But then... We have a lot of family obligations, so True. we realize that maybe we need to do them maybe monthly. I don't know. We'll decide. The Lord will help us yeah. to make that decision. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we want to make sure we are consistent. 
So whatever it is whatever that we do. And if so, you've been following right. our How to Start Well as a Family, you'll remember that being consistent is one of those marks of a good leader, right? Somebody who mm-hmm. uh, doesn't take or undertake to do something and then can't follow through. That's but right. if you're going to do it, you're going to be consistent and you're going to be reliable. So that's right. anyway, we're doing that. All right. Um, look, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. She said, hey, y'all been wondering. Yeah, <laughs> we, it's it's one of those things where we're like, man, our family, um, there are several things that our family has going on, right? So we have just regular family life. Then we also have our church, our fellowship, and we have things going on there. And so we're trying not to tap out our family in so many different areas. And so we've been just kind of working through that and prayerfully asking the Lord, like what we should do and how that should look. But we miss the lives though. We enjoy the lives. They're so much fun. And so anyway, it's good to be back. This is the first one of 2024. Um, We'll post an update and just let everybody know how often we're going to do the lives. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you know, because I I know it's, you know, something that we look forward to. And I think you guys look forward to it too. We have fun together. Yeah. It's such a fun time to discuss these different topics and things like that, but we look forward to it, but we want to be consistent. Yeah. And so whatever we're doing, we want to make sure that we do it that that whatever night, that night or that day or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, every week. And so, yeah, or every month or every year. Not to play. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, is it that no, now? Huh? But we want okay. to be consistent, bottom line. So I came across this story and I was like, oh, man, you know, like, why are we always doing this? <laughs> and and then I shared it with Will the Great. And he was like, oh, OK, well, have you also seen this story? And I was like, ah, why are we doing this? And and I was so grieved by it. So let me pull up the article and then um, and then we can kind of like start to discuss a little bit of it. So there is a couple out of Los Angeles. They moved from New Jersey to Los Angeles and they said that God put on their heart to start a Christian nightclub. Hmm. God put on their heart. So a lot of times when people say that, it's, that's like the Trump card. So well, because right, what are what are you gonna, gonna say? So you know, you know, my question is always: Do we have do we have a scriptural support for that? You know, do God we have any it. passage? <laughs> He's not schizophrenic. He does not contradict himself. He is consistent in his character and his nature and everything that he's revealed about who he is. And so my question then is always, do we have any scriptural support for that? Now, I am not saying, right, because somebody might also say, well, do we have any scriptural support for a Sunday school? Okay, no, we don't have it expressly laid out in scripture (laughs) that there should be a Sunday school, but we understand that all of these things are consistent with Ephesians 4, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, right? This is all of what we are doing. The outflow of the body collective, the body of Christ, is equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So You might put it under the uh, the banner of fellowship or like (laughs) joining together and... You, it, are you are you trying to, are you trying I'm, I'm just, I'm <laughs> I'm just, saying, just are you, you know, trying to go to the I'm club? I'm always trying to get no I'm trying to get a benefit of the doubt like what could they be thinking like how could they what would their answer be if we went interviewing them tonight you know they probably well I went I, look so just um <laughs> I did go to their website because mm-hmm. I wanted I didn't want to misjudge them and I didn't want to just jump to conclusions so I did a couple things one I went to their website and I surveyed every page of their website. I mean, tab, 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 subheading, subheading under those tabs, because I was trying to understand what they are about. And it really seems like to me that their attempt is to start a nightlife that they call Christian. Hmm. Okay. From serving what they call mocktails to people being able to dance. There's no dress code. Just come however you want. They say dress to impress. I was looking at some of the pictures. 
I don't see any dress that looks like it would glorify <laughs> Jesus. Well. And so I was like, okay, am I just old? Like what, like what's going on with me? Right. And so anyway, they say, and then also so I, I did two things. I went to their website mm -hmm. and then I also went, they have a TikTok page. Right. And so I was looking at when they launched this club, they had several TikTok shorts and these are just online. You don't have to have a TikTok account. You can just see it on your computer. And I'm looking at all the videos and it is, it is just, it's partying. That's, that's all it is. And in fact, they say that's what they feel like God's called them to do, to carve out a space where Christians can have a quote unquote high time in high the Lord. High time in the Lord. Okay. I watched them interview some people as they were leaving the club. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one girl who came from Canada okay. and said that she'd had a great time just being able to fellowship with Christians and, and dance and party and just let loose. And, and she said, and do it in the name of the Lord. Hmm. Okay. I was so grieved. And, and the person who was interviewing her, it was like an exit interview, right? And the person who was interviewing her said, would you recommend um, that other Christians come to the club? And here's what really grabbed me. She goes, oh, absolutely. I would 100% recommend, I'm paraphrasing here. She goes, I would 100% recommend that Christians come, but not only Christians, anybody who wants to have a good time. Mm. That's a dead giveaway to me. Yes, yes. Right? Like, yes. So So what, is, what does that mean that we set it apart and say that it's Christian, but then anybody, it actually kind of feels like to me what we do with church. Mm -hmm. We have made a space where we can call it Christian, but our aim is to just make a warm and welcoming space where whoever wants to come is free to come. Wow. And so, you know, benefit of the doubt, which I'm not going to be doing this all night. Uh, she may might be exhausted. <laughs> she may be saying, well, this is not church. So people can come. You know, whoever can come can come. You know, the church, uh, it may not be the same story. And we know that church is for the saints, for the believers. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not saying that people that uh, don't believe can't come, you know, and, and hear the sermon and, and man, hopefully be born again. But I, I think people like this may say, man, it's, it's not the church. It's, it's interesting church. that you say that, though, because as I told you, I went to all of the tabs. You did. Right. And so there is one tab with the FAQs, the frequently asked questions. And one of the questions was, is this a church? And they say, well, no, not exactly. And then they say, we are the church. So when we gather, we are the church. Mm -hmm. What is also interesting is that on their website, there are pictures of the husband and the wife who are the founders of this club wearing collars, like oh. ministerial collars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I have a problem with this. <laughs> I, I, I really have a problem with this. I know we have a clip of them, of them, just this of them partying. You don't need to see the clip, but we just, you know, just so you can kind of get a an understanding of what's happening there. I believe this in it. Okay, here we go. Love that they went back to the Kurt Franklin days of the revolution. You know, when I when I, mean, I they're doing the, what, bus it's stop. the bus stop. Yeah. Listen, when I first saw the clip, I honestly was a little bit embarrassed for them, right? Like I, I I read some comments that said the Christian nightclub or the Christian social club or whatever they're calling it that it just shut down Los Angeles, and I was like, <laughs> really? 
No, you didn't. Like, you, you didn't. Like, and, and then, and how, are, number one, how are we measuring the shutdown? Okay. And then, and then number two, why are you trying to do that? Like, why are you trying to be defined in that way? And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about Ephesians chapter four, and I just, you know, I think of the identity of the Christian. Mm. And I want to say this because we're also going to look at another church that started off the year um, in the hole. Like, just started, <laughs> I'm sorry, started went into 2024 <sighs> losing. Okay, and and I, man, I I'm not I'm not I want to be gracious, but at the same time, I am so tired of watching what is called the professing church. Right, people who identify themselves as followers of Christ. I'm tired of watching these public embarrassments that that they call a high time. It's right. not just the nightclub in Los Angeles, but it's also the day club that we sometimes call church. Right. You know what I mean? Like yes. that we're taking these huge losses. And one of the things that I think, and I, I'm kind of curious yeah. to know what you think about this, is that we have an identity crisis. Like mm. we don't know who we are. Yeah. So we're always trying to be a version of the world. Like we want to be perpetually seeker sensitive. Um, but the question is like, what do we expect or what do we desire people to seek right there's a, a lack of leaning into being a peculiar person mm. like being peculiar like it's like no 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 we don't want to be peculiar we want to be like the world and it wouldn't use those words they wouldn't say that but all the action is that you know and then it, it, it's cloaked in man we're just trying to win some we're trying to become all things to all men so that we can win some. So they'll try to use the words of Apostle Paul, you know, and, and, and say, that's what we're trying to do. You know, we're becoming like them so that we can win them. It's like, uh, no, that's not what he was saying. He's not, not saying like you become. He's not saying I became a pagan. Exactly. To, to I win pagans. Christ. So I, so I could win those who didn't have Christ. No, he's saying he understood conscience, right? And he's right. saying that he understood the people that he was sent to. So he understood <laughs> what it was to be under the law, but to not be under the law. Like this is a profound, eternal understanding. This mm. is not one of those temporary, like convenience moves, right? Where we mm. say out of convenience, I will just pretend like I don't know that this is right, right. or that this is wrong. Yeah. This is what we see happening in the church today. And again, getting back to this, this is my conviction mm -hmm that there is an identity crisis that has gone um, unidentified. I know maybe that doesn't make sense, but we have an identity crisis that has not been pegged, right? Like mm -hmm. people have not called it out. We have said that the church is um, progressive. We have said that the church, oh, the church keeps moving and the church in every culture is learning to adapt. But what I would say is that as you look at the church, the church doesn't know who she is. Mm. The church doesn't understand that there's identity language replete in the scriptures that tell us, like, for example, you'll hear people say things like, well, I don't want to be defined by what I do and by what I don't do. <laughs> Wait, but, but that is how you're defined, though. In fact, from Old Testament to New Testament, and by the way, I agree with Simply Jeannie, is it Jeannie? Yeah. With Simply Jeannie, who says, we have forgotten what it means to be set apart. We have absolutely forgotten what it means to be set apart. From Old Testament to New Testament, we have identity language, right? Yeah. Where the Lord has set apart a people unto himself, and he's told this group of people what to do and what not to do. That's right. He brings them into a land, and he says, the pagans in this land, I drove them out because they did this, you don't do it. <laughs> or he says, they didn't do this, you do this. Right. And then he says, you are my people. 
Come on. So he actually identifies people by what he tells them to do and not to do. So this would be externally evident, right? They would know it internally, but then even those outside would recognize, hmm, those people are different. Mm-hmm. And here's the interesting thing to me about this is that there is a reason that I think we don't care to acknowledge that God sets us apart so that people would recognize there's a difference exactly, and then ask us why. Exactly. Because if you're the same, if you're just like them, what do they need that you have? <laughs> you're, you're trying to be like them. And so where's the distinction? There is none. And so you lose the witness. You yes, lose the exactly. witness. Exactly. Like, you know, I think, so I wanted to read this scripture. This mm-hmm. is in um, Ephesians chapter four. It reads this way. I'm going to start at verse 17. It says, so this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, Mm. being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness, which, by the way, I will just say this, that um, it's going to be a pretty lucrative calling, right, for them to open this club and charge people $25 each to get in. It's going to be a pretty lucrative calling. And as you look at the videos, and that clip was a pretty mild one. They've got other pictures, other stills on their website. I mean, it just, they are, they are living, living it up. Okay. (laughs) Scantily clad and all. I mean, you can't tell me that there's not sensuality that's in their midst when you've got women half dressed. And I'm talking about what I saw in the pictures. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about what I imagine to be taking place, but you've got women scantily clad dancing all up against each other and men. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand how that sets us apart from the world. It does not. There's no way, you know, and it just feeds the flesh. Yes, it exactly. It feeds the flesh. And so the thing is, it's, it's a great delusion to think, oh, we're just, you know, fellowshipping. No, no, no. I mean, you know, fellowshipping in my mind, koinonia, it's like, man, why not just have a, a meal after service? <laughs> why have to, I mean, a club? I mean, come on, man. The question is this, is Christ exalted? Like when people here, here's my question, man, even in church, and I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100, like even in church, even in fellowships all across this country, my question is often, is Christ exalted? Is the Lord exalted in our midst? Mm. So it's not just the club in Los Angeles that calls itself a Christian club, but it's also the church that's open at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning or 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Is Christ made much of? Is Christ exalted? Because the churches that are doing their own thing where the worship team is, look at me. Come on. You know, <laughs> where where there's sensuality in that. Remember, sensuality does not mean sex. It just means that which appe- appeals to the senses, right? That which is meant to draw up on the senses. We have this happening in church. We don't even call that a nightclub, but we have the same thing happening. The Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians, we have not learned Christ this way. Mm-hmm. This is not how we have learned Christ. And so when I read stories like this, I'm like, man, we are missing it. We yeah. We are in trouble now. That actually calls itself a Christian nightclub. Yeah. So you might actually expect what you would get if you were going to pay $25 to go there. Yeah. You might not expect to get a nightclub when going to a church service like the people got at William Murphy's church. And and I think William Murphy. Going into the new year. I'm like, what happened to 
William Murphy. Oh, like, oh man. I mean. How long I mean, ago was this? Like 15 years ago. <laughs> hmm. People remember this song. I mean, this was a powerful song. Yeah, it makes you wonder, though. Some people are like, Miki, don't cut him off. <laughs> Look, I mean, are we just old? Okay. Look, some, I mean, okay, I, man, what a powerful song, right? What a yeah. powerful song. But can I tell you that some people love to be watched <laughs> and some people are really good singers. Yeah. That does not mean that they are called to pastor a church. True. That True. does not mean that they should be in, you know, that type of leadership capacity where you are responsible for teaching people. Um, you're a psalmist. You should, your theology should be sound. Yeah. Um, but being a psalmist does not make you a pastor or True. a shepherd of the Lord's flock. I would say that that is evident in what we saw William Murphy doing as uh, his church, the church that he is leading, yeah. went into the new year. You got to stand up. You got to walk it out. That's how we going out of here tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, walk it out. They trying to act like they don't know what you referring to. Look at them and tell them, walk it out. Hey, now walk it out. This is a church. This is a church. Okay, okay. This is actually, this right here is actually worse than the nightclub clip. It is. Okay, we're, right, I've, right. I've had enough. I've had enough. Let me, let me say, oh, man, boy. so there is something, am I alone in this? Am I alone? There is something about that that makes me sick in my stomach. Like when I, when I see that, I feel like that is a mockery of the gathering of the believers. Like, I feel like it is, it is, um, I feel like it, it makes less of the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ mm. to call, to call that a church. And William Murphy is the pastor. Yeah. Of this he's church. The, yes, the pastor. And he's he's leading a congregation, supposedly leading a congregation into the new year. Yeah. And this is the only way he could find to do it. The psalmist ah. couldn't find any music that would reflect That's what crazy. he felt like his message was going into 2024. And so he, he resulted to... Secular just music. Praise is what I do. I mean, I remember going to watch night services. There was praise and worship. There was a lot of prayer. There were testimonies. Man, it's all kind of things you can do. You don't have. That's when you're just trying to be like the world, right? You're trying to be so relevant 
that is like, man, you are, you've lost it. You've lost your witness. Now you have people that fill up a church like that because man. they like to hear that stuff or it, it tickles their ears, it, you know, pleases their flesh. But man, that stuff is foolishness. Mm-hmm. It's foolishness. You know, I was thinking about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, you know, verse 14, do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness and what fellowship has light with darkness. Why are you playing right. profane music in your church or what harmony has Christ with Bilal or what has a believer in common with unbeliever or what agreement has the temple of God with idols for we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Mm. Therefore, come, therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you and I will be father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You're playing this profane music. You're not, that's, that's light and darkness. You're trying to make them mix. They have nothing in common. Amen. That's nothing in common. And so you're, as the pastor, who you're going to be, you know, held responsible for this. You're leading all these people into destruction. Yeah. And, and you're telling them that submitting to your flesh and the things that your flesh desire is okay. Mm. You know, and people that don't want to get with it, oh, I man, y'all too saved. He said that, actually. I mean, some of y'all in here, too, oh, too saved. That's manipulation. Let me just say, whenever, okay, so body of Christ, on, family man. of God, okay, whenever you have... Um, rejected something that is ungodly, obviously, right? And you're like, no, I'm not clapping for that. You're like, no, I'm not nodding my head in agreement to that. I'm not smiling at that. I'm not laughing at that. And then someone says, oh, you're too saved. That is manipulation, <laughs> right? right? That is feel a certain way. So, like, so now all yeah. of a sudden you're going to call into question the conviction by the way that comes from the Holy Spirit. On our own, we don't have conviction, right? Like this conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. We have a conscience. Right. This is what the Lord uses to make his case against humanity. But that conviction of like, man, this is an affront to the holiness of God. Mm. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So when you have and this is a large congregation. And so you've got William Murphy, who is chiding the congregation and telling them, oh, some of y'all are too saved, probably because it's the old church mothers who are there and which Lord bless them. Get them out, Lord. (laughs) Get them out. Probably the (laughs) the old church mothers who are sitting in there going, (laughs) What are y'all doing? Like they can't believe it's happening. (laughs) You understand? But no, it's going to be the younger people who want to have their flesh fed. You know, the, the question that I always have when people are constantly looking for something that, that appeals to their senses, that feeds their flesh. My question is whether or not they have truly been converted, Mm. whether, whether or not they've truly come to know Christ. Yeah. I mean, look, because that was a question that my daughter asked. She was like, was this already all in him? You know, because you had the, the clip 15 years ago when he was singing praises, what I do. And it seemed like, a you know, and then you have this. So what what's going on? You know, and quite honestly, some people, you know, and I'm not look, I'm not making a judgment on him and saying this and that. But honestly, some people are not in the family. No, that even, that's right. That may look like they're part of the family. You know, it's egregious when you have pastors, those who are in leadership, leading people astray. And uh, another portion of scripture that I was reading, uh, just thinking about this, is Ezekiel chapter 22. When it talked about, uh, it says, her, her priests have violated my law. And have profaned my my holy things. <laughs> they have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Mm. Neither have they shewed a difference between the unclean and the clean. 
<laughs> and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profane among them. Her princes in the midst, of, midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey uh, to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. <laughs> and her prophets have um, dubbed them with untempered mortar, see, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus said the Lord when the Lord has not spoken. Mm. So you have the leadership doing things that's out of order. And you have all these people, you know, you can hear them on, on Sunday services and stuff like that. When, they, when, when the pastor is preaching and, and his foolishness, they're yelling and screaming and clapping and applauding. It's like they want to hear that. And that's so sad to me. It's so sad because there are people who want to be in that. But then you have some people who know it's wrong. You know, it's not, you know, they just haven't left yet. Maybe God hasn't uh, allowed them to leave yet. Maybe they just haven't, you know, been moved to leave yet. But man, I feel for the people that sit under this stuff. But I know that there are some people who want to sit under this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are some people, honestly. And this, I think, is probably one of the scariest things to realize from scripture, from God's word, that when you've got people who sit under false teaching, the Bible tells us very clearly that they have heaped up for themselves the type of teachers that will teach what their itching ears desire. So there is something in them that this is meeting a need that they have. Right. Look, for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, scripture tells us clearly that we shall be filled. We are going to be satisfied. But if you are hungering and thirsting for the things that are in this world, then those things are going to satisfy you. It, it should make us very uncomfortable. It should make us very uneasy to be in a setting where you have to squint to see Christ. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. if you're if you're in a place where you you you're like, I think I think they care <laughs> about holiness. I think they care about righteousness. Then that's not the place that you need to be. Listen, when we talk about the apostate church when we talk about those who have fallen away and and I man I'm going to tell you it's difficult to spot the apostate church today because a lot of the people keep coming to church but they're yeah. gone yeah. they're gone they they have fallen away but we don't recognize it or we refuse to be sobered by it because they're still sitting next to us mm. but there are people sitting in church Okay, on Sunday morning, Saturday, whenever, there are people sitting who are not saved. They have not come to Christ. They've come to a social club. And they're not bothered by the fact that they've come to a club because it happens during the day. Because it's not like the L.A. nightclub. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not drinking mocktails. But you <laughs> could be on your way to destruction having your average cup of joe. It, it doesn't matter. What really matters is whether or not you have come to the true and living God, that you have repented of your sin, that you have received the forgiveness that is only available in Jesus Christ. Right. And can I, can I say something? I know we've got some other clips that we want to get to. Jesus Christ and the holiness, the holiness of God will upset your flesh. Mm. So, so please don't think that, you know, if you, you know, if you come to Christ, it's supposed to be always gentle and easy on the ears. Right, like it's, right. It's not. I mean, it's much of it is, man, that's a hard saying. Who can yeah. bear it? Hmm. Man, that's a, that's a hard truth. Who, who, who can bear it? But, but the grace and the mercy is when Jesus says at the acknowledgement that it is a hard saying, I'm talking about John chapter six here, when Jesus says, yes, it is a hard saying, but then do you want to go like those who can't bear it? 
the blessing and the grace is that we would be like Peter and be like, well, where else are we going to go? Because even though it's a hard saying, only you have the words of eternal life. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Anyway, I know we have some other questions. Yeah, I mean, just some of the same. I think this is another one from... Is this the same the same, the same church? Same church. Y'all keep it sanctified. I need you to walk it out. Come on. How do you play? How do you play secular music? Look, look at the people. Look, look, look. Look. That's debauchery. This is the church, y'all. This is in the church. Look, look, look. What is? And now they clap. No, okay. No. Now watch. Oh, is I, I think it? He is has there something more? To say. Okay. Okay. I think, I think he has something to say. Y'all too saved for me. Do me a favor, put your hand around your neighbor's shoulder. Tell them we gonna walk it out together this time. Are y'all ready? Don't touch me. <laughs> Do, don't, don't, don't reach over. Don't put your hand Come on. on my shoulder. We gonna walk it out this time. This, man, you know, I, again, the, the incredible, <laughs> ignorant, the incredible mm. mercy of God, the, the mercy of God, right? You've got all these people. One of, I don't, I don't even know what the one. Maybe she's a sister. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But let me just say, the lady down. I don't know what. What is she even? What's she wearing? Like what's what is she wearing? Guys, listen. God requires holiness of us. Right. He requires holiness. I look at the early church. We've been walking through the book of Acts with uh, some of the women at my church. And man, as I I look at what the Lord was doing in the early church and making a distinction among his people, like saying, these are my people. These are a set apart people. This is a distinct group. Right. The people who are now in Christ is a distinct group. And the distinction is also accompanied by we do this Mm. and we don't do this. Mm Like, I don't know. I'm going to tell you, I think it's a lie from culture that we have adopted in the church where we're like, oh, I don't want to be known by my do's and don'ts. <laughs> but that is how you're known. Right. That's that is how you are set apart from the world. And that's not just a New Testament thing. That's actually foreshadowed in the Old Testament that you are distinct because of what you do and what you don't do. Same in the New Testament. What I think is different, though. You know, as you look at the growth and you look at the expansion of the church in the early church, you see there was a welcoming of, okay, what now must we do? We Mm. believe what, Mm. what, number one, what must we do to be saved? Now, what does this salvation mean? How does it look? How does it, that's how you have the Jerusalem council. And then the Bible says that after the letter from Jerusalem is being taken back to Antioch as they're passing through on the way that other, other churches are being strengthened by here, don't do this. Wait a minute. How are people being strengthened and how is the church expanding by don't do this? Because the desire is for holiness. Mm. The desire is to know God. The desire is to be associated with him, to be holy as he is holy. That's not an old antiquated word like holiness is still for today. You know, it's fine (laughs) if people think that we're old. Okay, it's fine. It's fine if people think that we are stuffy and that we are killjoys. That is, I, I, I will wear that as a badge. Jesus is worthy that there would be a distinction um, among his people, that his people would truly be set apart. You know, I, I'm reading the headlines too, and I'm, I'm seeing all of, and I, I guess, you know, 
keep ourselves in the clear. We have to say <laughs> allegedly. Yeah. We're seeing all of the accusations that right. have been alleged against T.D. Jakes. Um, but I will say for years on our morning program, uh, we have talked about the problems with a lot of the ways that this man has taught mm-hmm. and also dressed mm-hmm. and responded in life. Okay. Right. And so I, I will just say this. Um, I'm not surprised by what's coming from it's alleged. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's sad, you know, and again, it's not a thing of, oh man, you just can't get with the times you can't see, but it's just, it, it looks carnal. Like yes. it just looks like carnality, you know, it, it looks like uh, trying to uh, really appease the world and, and not be on the out with the world. I am cool too. You know, I, I do this too. And I, I listen to this music too. I, that's what it seems like. It's a it's a failure to to desire to be different, yes, and peculiar, which we are by nature as being Christians. Yeah, I mean, if you are a true follower of Christ, you will be peculiar. Yeah, you know, and so to buck against that and to say and to kind of do all these gymnastics to try to be in in, in good graces with the world, mm-hmm. man, it, it's sad. It's I just, agree it's, with it's our really sister sad. Cynthia, who says they are friends with the world. And again, this goes back just to the point that you're making, Will the Great. I I feel like this goes back to that identity crisis. Like Jesus Christ is not enough. Mm. When look, whenever you need the world to give you accolades, when you need the world to to sing your praises, or when you need people to say it's just like those who are not Christian or who don't have Christ, then you don't know Christ. Right. Like you don't you don't know what it is to be in his kingdom, to have come from darkness into light. Like I would never want to be associated with the world, like to set the world as the standard. And then someone say, well, you know, we we want to look like this. That's that to me is a for sure indication that you have an identity crisis. You don't know what it is to be in Christ. I want to see Christ exalted. I want to live a life of distinction and I want to do that. Now, I don't mean arrogantly, mm-hmm. but I want to do that without shame. Right. Yeah. I, I want to this. And I'm going to go back to it. I said it a couple of times here because I dislike it and it sounded good. I think people said it. And then a bunch of Christians started saying it because they thought it, it sounded relevant. You know, they're like, I don't want to just be known by what I'm for and what I'm against. <laughs> that does not make sense. <laughs> Because that is actually how you are known, right? Like what you are known as holy and set apart. There is a distinction that comes with it. Actions, things Mm. that you do and things that you don't do because now Christ is formed in you. So look, man, the next time, you know, you hear something, I don't want to be known by what I do. And don't like, what do you, what? (laughs) So like what what else is there? Like yeah. what else is there? Because in a sense, isn't this also character, right? And if we're talking about what our character is, isn't this supposed to be shaped and formed by Christ, by the Holy Spirit who indwells us? Hmm. Now just looking at this comment right here. Got a culture proof the church. Amen. <laughs> God doesn't change with the times and neither does the devil. Mm. Oh my goodness, you guys, I'm reading an old book. Um I say an old book, it was written in the 90s. 1990s. That's not um, old. It's not old. Come on, man. It's not old. But with the way that <laughs> books are cranked out today. Anyway, it's written by Erwin Lutzer and um, it's called God's Devil. 
And the book just unpacks, man, so much that I feel like we don't know and we underestimate about the enemy of our soul and how even this this enemy serves the purposes of God. And so, man, it's just been really, um, I don't know, it's been very insightful, but I would highly recommend it. It's from, um, I think it was originally published in like 1996 or something yeah, like that's that. that's not old. That's not old. Sure, <laughs> that's not old. This comment right here, holy and set apart. We just don't hear it preached anymore. Uh, old to be like Jesus. I agree with you, Karen. Yeah. I agree with you. Holy and set apart. And that's Look. that's the whole thing. That's what we're talking about. That's you know, holy. That's yeah. the, you know, um, like you said, holiness is still relevant for the day, it's still right, you know. Um, but you look at some of the preachers and teachers of the day, you wouldn't think so. You know, no, it's almost exactly like, right. No, you can do whatever you want. But it's just like in the time of Ezekiel, the priests and the prophets were leading the people astray. Mm -hmm. And they weren't making a difference between the, what was profane and what was sacred. You know, what wow. was holy and what was profane. They didn't make the distinction. And they were the ones that were supposed to do it. They were, yes. they were supposed to show the people, no, this is how we handle the things of the Lord. And this is, man, we stay away from this. Yeah. But they didn't do it. And God brought judgment because of that. God even said in that in that chapter, I, I saw for a man who was standing in the gap and make up the hedge, but I found them. Couldn't find one. You know, it's it's just it's a sad thing when you have the leaders leading out in this way. I appreciate what Kendra said here. She said, deconstruct it right into rubble. <laughs> That's oh, what we're seeing, right? Man. Deconstruct right it into right rubble. into rubble. Look, I, I guess yeah. one of the things that's so important to us, the reason that we do our podcast, the reason that we produce the kind of content that we hope provokes the body of Christ to holiness is that we think that there are, well, first of all, we know, we know that there is a remnant. Amen. Amen. We think that there are believers who believe the truth of God's word, but have been scared into silence, right? Like been told for so long that if you speak up and tell the truth, that you are hateful, that you don't love people, right? Because what we have been told is that if we want to be a relevant church, if we really want to love people, we've got to meet people where they are. <laughs> We've, we've got to meet people right where they are, bring them in. Right. And, 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 and what is unstated in that declaration is that we just leave them like that. Mm. It's like, we want to play down yeah. to where the lost folk are mm -hmm. like, no, why, why would we tell people come and meet a man who told me everything I ever done or I ever did. Right. Why would, why would we want to tell them, Hey, come and meet someone who doesn't care about what I did. Mm. Come in, come wow. no, I want you to come meet the one who does care about what yeah. I did, but provided a way for me to be forgiven Amen. of it. Amen. Yes, he cares about what I did. Yes, he made a way for me to be forgiven. I no longer have to carry the guilt and the shame of what I did. No, what we tell people, come in just as you are. Nobody cares about what you've done. And I know what people mean when they say that, mm -hmm. but can I tell you the person who's coming to the church, one of the reasons that he or she is coming, if they're coming sincerely, is because they care about what they've done. Mm. Because their conscience has told them, hey, you're the enemy of God. Mm. Repent. Repent and be saved. And then what happens, these people are being drawn, right? There, there's something that is convicting them. And then they get to church and the church is like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> they got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> here, here comes the person thirsty, parched, oh, in desperate need of living water, right? Mm. Desperate, coming in, knocking on the door, begging. And then you open the door and all the smoke from the, the, the smoke machine and the lights <laughs> and everything, and they can't see. They're just like, you know, and then they get there and they're like, there's no water. Mm. There's no mm. water. Right? How, is, how have we normalized this in the church? I'm saying, you know, holiness, yes, 
Let's make that great again. <laughs> let's get on, let's get back to holiness. I'm not, I I don't I just refuse to believe that that's an antiquated mm. word that we can't call people to holiness that mm. we can't say sin is sin. I'm so sick and tired of watching people draw from um, modern philosophies, draw from um, popular psychology in in their defense of how they live, even as they profess Christ. I'm like, well, what does the Bible say? Do you have a defense for the way that you're living from God's word, mm. not from your favorite philosopher? Not from your favorite, your favorite popular psychologist, but do you have a defense from God's word? Guys, we have to ask those kinds of questions. We want to do it with love, but love is not the absence of truth. That's and right. and and also it is not pretending like you don't know how to say it. <laughs> you know? Like, man, pray for <laughs> pray for boldness. Like sometimes mm -hmm. we are just cowardly, guys. Like sometimes we, you know, so we're cowardly. So then we pretend like I don't know how to say this. Just say the truth. Just agree with God and tell the truth. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Like, I feel like, you know, just wanted to highlight some of the things that are going on. You guys probably already knew it, you know, but man, this is just another thing, man, that we need to be praying about as we see these things happen, happening and understand like what you said, there is a remnant. Amen. Like God has his people, you know, but it's sad to see so many people that are led astray by this stuff, you know, so many people. And so we should be praying that they would get out of these type of churches, you know, that God would open up their eyes, that they would see and that they would reject this type of stuff. Because, man, it, this type of teaching is, is bad. It's going to lead them to destruction, mm. you know. Mm. And that, man, that that should um, cause cause great fear in our heart. Like, <laughs> like a, and I, I don't mean like a... Um, I don't mean a cowardice, but I mean like a reverential fear of like, where will people spend eternity? Like yeah. the people that we make nice with, you know what I'm saying? The people yeah. that we say, hey, man, you know, we're all in this together. We're all just like, no, the people that walk away affirmed in their sin, where are they going to spend eternity? And, and how is it loving to know where they're going to spend eternity, mm. but not to tell them? Like not to, you know, oh, we've, we've made it so easy for people to be comfortable in sin. Like you can just go in, you can clock in the church, you can clock out. No one has to really know your life. You know, we talk about from time to time church discipline and what that looks like. Name the churches that are able to actually carry out church discipline because they actually function as a biblical church. Yeah. A lot of them just function as gathering houses where you just clock in, mm -hmm. you go, you get a good word, you hear some great music, you get all the feels, you smile at people and then you go get lunch and then that's it. Yeah. Right. You may clock in again midweek, get a good Bible study, but nobody's asking you. So how are you living it out? No one's meeting you one on one. No one's learning. OK, is there unrepentant sin in your life? Like, are you, are, how are you, are you growing in godliness? Are you on the meat of the word? Like nobody's doing that. Yeah. So these churches, although they're missing the mark is glaring. There's a lot of missing the mark in 21st century America. Our desire has got to be that, man, we want to find a biblically defined church and we want to connect with that church. We want to be a part of that church. We want to serve in that church, right? right? And 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 yes, we want to be served, man. We want to grow. We want to be challenged, but we also want to serve. Yeah, that, that's it. You know, we want to be challenged. We want to serve. We want to be a part of something that that's really of God. Not just want to pray uh, as we, uh, you know, close up. So, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you're omnipotent. You're all powerful, God. There's none like you. 
We thank you, Father God, um, for calling us, God, and our individual callings, God, for your glory, God, for the benefit of the body of Christ. And God, I pray, Father God, even as we talked about the foolishness that's happening in some churches, we know that every church is not like that, that you have your remnant, you have the ones that you have called out. Mm. But I pray, Father God, that you just continue to expose these churches, God, and these pastors, God, that people would begin to leave from under the, the, this teaching, mm -hmm. oh God, and that you will cause them to hunger for your word, uh, even more, God, hunger for your word, Lord, that they would uh, see that they're not satisfied where they are and that they're not growing where they are, that they desire to grow in you, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would do it, Lord. And I pray, God, for every family that's represented on this live uh, tonight, God, that there will be uh, peaceful homes, oh God, that children would be obedient to parents, Father God, that uh, children would be raised in the admonition of you. I pray, God, that uh, husband and wives would love and respect one another, God. And God, that you uh, would use us, God, as the family of God, that we will see revival even in this country, Lord. We thank you and we praise you, God, for all that you're doing, seen and unseen, in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, you know, we want to encourage you as we do every time we wrap up our podcast or our live that when we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, talking about God's eternal truth, when we resist those trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. Yeah.